I'm Barbara Bray. Welcome to my Rethinking Learning podcast, where I have conversations with inspirational educators, thought leaders, and change agents. Hi, everyone. I am really excited because I have someone really magical here. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Oh, this is Tisha Richmond, and I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's a true honor. I'm just so excited to talk with you tonight. Oh, this is great. So let me introduce you to everybody, because I always do that. Fantastic. All right. So I'm, you know, don't blush or anything, because I can see you. Now other people can't see you, but... (laughs) (laughs) So Tisha is a tech integration specialist. She's in Southern Oregon, and that's in Medford, right? Medford, yes. Uh, That's actually probably closer to me. I'm in Northern California. Oh, we're in Northern California. I'm in Oakland near San Francisco. Oh, you're not very far at all then. I will just have to go up and meet and have coffee or something. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I would love it. So Tisha is the author of Make Learning Magical. Oh, I love your book. Plus, I had Tisha came and she was on um, our Twitter chat. Yes, that was, was such a blast. I had a great time. It was so much fun. I mean, you're really a lot of fun. And I've even asked you for some pictures. And some of the pictures you gave me, I'm just giggling right now. I oh. can't wait to <laughs> share them with the world. So here's just one other thing. I got to just kind of boast about you. Tisha's passionate about finding innovative ways to transform teaching and create unforgettable experiences in the classroom. That sounds unforgettable. I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. Oh, thank you so much. This is great. So when I start, I always like people to kind of get, tell us some personal things about you, your family, so people know a little bit more about you. Sure. Well, I have a beautiful family of four. My husband and I have been married 21 years, which is amazing. And the fun thing is my husband is a teacher too. So we, for 13 years, have taught at the same high school. He actually probably 11 of those years and me 13. Um, He teaches ceramics and is an amazing, amazing teacher. And I have two beautiful kids. My daughter is a sophomore at Portland State University, and she is studying anthropology. And I can't wait to get her home for Christmas. She's going to be here on Friday for a week, and I just can hardly wait. So excited to be with her. And my son is a junior in high school, and he is amazing as well. I just have... um, just incredible kids who are so brilliantly different in, in such, such amazing ways. And so I'm just a very, very proud mama. Oh, it's kind of interesting. My daughter and my son are about the same years apart. Oh, interesting. But they're much older, much older. So, so I got to know their names. Your husband's name is Russell, Russell Russell Richmond and Ella and Tommy. Tommy, my husband's name is Tom. Aww. So there, so see, there are some similarities. Here. Yes, I love it. And my, and my son lives in Portland, so that was kind of we had mentioned. You had mentioned that before with 
your daughter. So that's yes. really great. Yes. Portland have- State's a it's a great school. So it is. She's had a great experience there. So we have lots of places we can meet. We can meet for coffee in Portland. We can meet in, meet for coffee anywhere between here and Oakland. So that's right. We'll definitely okay. have to do that. That's fine. Or a conference. Yes, because I know too. we're probably going to. Yeah, that's so great. So, um, what was it like for you as a student? I mean, you're you're all excited. You're talking about magical learning and everything. Well, was it magical for you when you were young? I definitely had magical experiences in the classroom and I had magical teachers, but I really struggled in school, to be honest. It was not easy mm. for me. And I was a really timid learner. I was fairly introverted as a child. And, you know, those experiences where learning was magical, they really stuck out to me and, and they really uh, were important, an important part of my educational experience. And so now as a teacher, I think about that and I think about how important it is that we create magical learning for every kid. It makes such a difference. So, I mean, when you say it, you struggled, what, how did you struggle? What, what happened? You know, I think I was a very distracted learner. I had a real um, hard time paying attention. And one of the things that I've really um, developed a skill for, or I'm learning over the last few years, is sketch noting. And I found that that has really helped me as a learner to sketch note. And it's something that I started teaching my own students because I realized what a difference it was making and helping me connect to my learning and helping me focus and um, and just retain information. And so I think, you know, now as an adult, I'm learning these strategies that help me learn better. And I wish I had those strategies as a student. I think I probably would have done a lot better in school. Well, schools were different, you know, even if just 10 years ago, a few years ago. And so many of the people I've talked to have told me that school, they learned how to be compliant just to get Mm -hmm. through school. So they didn't have those opportunities that many times to be creative or even have those magical experiences that you said. So can you remember one magical one that stood out? Yes, I remember um, one of my teachers in high school. She was my consumer economics teacher. And she had us play this stock market game where we were buying and selling stocks. And we were just part of this game experience. And that really was an exciting uh, learning experience for me. And I remember probably more about that class in particular than any other classes. I also um, loved my culinary class, which, you know, surprisingly enough, I became a culinary teacher and I loved the hands-on. I think for me, just really being able to be in project-based classes and, and really learn with my hands and uh, be an active learner was really important to me. So that was another very memorable, memorable class. So when did you decide to become a teacher? You know, it was in my, going into my junior year of college. And, you know, I really had a hard time knowing what I wanted to major in. I really wasn't sure. Um, I started out as a business major, and then I thought maybe I was going to be a dietitian, and then I realized I really wasn't good in chemistry, and that was really a struggle for me. And so I remember sitting in my guidance counselor's office, and she said, "Tisha, you've got to come. You've got to decide. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with your life." And so I thought, "Oh, you know, I don't know." And we started chatting, and 
She says, well, have you thought of, you know, family and consumer science? Because that really brings, you know, what you love about, about food and nutrition. And, and I had had some experiences working with kids and, and she says, then you'd be able to work with children. And then you would even be able to maybe broaden your horizons and, and teach things like child development and interior design and, and fashion and some other areas and culinary that I was interested in too. And so it all kind of came together in, in that year. And really once I, I found my passion and once I really began that major I loved learning and I actually became a really good student. <laughs> I really did well in school from then on, but um, it took me a while. It took me a while to figure it out. And I think a lot of it was just feeling confident in my own skills and abilities and really finding what, you know, what I was passionate about. And I think for every kid that comes at a different time. So what is the name of the, what was the, um, the major? It was called family and consumer science. Wow. So it's, it actually, I was just thinking about this recently. It was the very first year that the subject changed from home economics to family oh. consumer science. So what people think of home economics, that really is what family and consumer science was. And I remember actually that year, my uh, mentor at the college said, I remember the conversation that my original diploma was going to say home economics and the switch had just happened that they were going to now change what it said on my diploma to family and consumer science. Well, I really like that because um, I don't know if every college, you know, university has that major because that's, you know, that's unique. It is especially, unique. Yeah. Especially since you're so excited about um, you know, you're, you're excited about cooking and culinary arts. And I mean, when right. you think about all of that, I think we all need this. It, they're right? life skills. They're really life skills. important skills that I think all kids, they do need. And it's interesting that I landed in culinary because that really, I, I didn't know when I graduated with that major, what I would, I knew I would teach family and consumer science in some way, but I didn't know what area of family and consumer science. And so my, my first student teaching position was in child development and culinary. And that school offered me a position that following year. And it happened to be a culinary class that I, I taught and I taught that for five years in California. And when I moved to Oregon, I was able to stay home with my kids for five years uh, when my kids were really little, and then a job opened up in Medford for interior design and culinary, and it was halftime, so it was perfect because I was able to still help in my children's classes, but then also teach and and do what I loved. And so I transitioned to a halftime teacher for five years, teaching interior design and culinary, and then that transitioned into a full time position. And it's just been an amazing, amazing career. I just feel so lucky. Wow. So, okay. You mentioned something I didn't know. So you were in California. I did. I went to college at Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego. And ah. that my very first teaching job was at a high school in Escondido, California, which is North County, San Diego, um, called San Pasqual. I know where that is. Yeah. Yes. So that's where you started teaching was down in, in Escondido? 
It was. It was my very first teaching job. So it was culinary and you said... Well, for my teaching position, it was just culinary. But when I did my student teaching, it was culinary and child development. But wow, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do they still have these? You know, this program. I mean, I'm just wondering because I know some schools just got rid of some of the, you know, like the child development and and culinary arts. I'm just wondering if it's still there at San Pasqual. Yeah. Um, I, you know some, what? It's a good question. I I don't yeah. know for sure. Now, now I'm going to have to go and look as soon as I, <laughs> I get off this chat. I'm going to have to go do some research. I'd be curious yeah. to know. Because I, I actually worked at a high school in Escondido. Oh. I was just like, uh, Whittier? No, I'm not sure. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, the um, I don't remember a culinary class. And that would have been so cool for the kids. Oh, I mean, it's so fun. It is. It's. I mean, I am so grateful for all the years I've taught culinary because you are preparing kids for a career. For those who want to go on in a career in culinary arts, you're preparing them for that. But the reality is there's only a small percentage that are probably going to leave your program and actually pursue a career in hospitality or the restaurant industry, but you're teaching kids skills that are going to be useful all throughout their life, really, really valuable skills. And so it's just so rewarding as a teacher to know that I'm giving them these essential skills that they're going to be able to build on. And so many wonderful memories, you know, revolve around food. So to think that those skills that I'm teaching are going to help create memories for these kids that are going to last a lifetime is really pretty special. Oh, I just, I mean, just the idea that they can learn how to put on a dinner for their friends, you know, and not burn it. Absolutely. (laughs) I've burned things before. I mean, I had to learn a lot on my own, but um, that is just a, a wonderful. So what, where did that lead into technology integration specialist? Did you, were, were you always doing that also? Or? No. So, you know, really where my story begins was in 2014. I was really at a point in my career that I was considering leaving. I would come home at night and I would tell my husband, you know, I just want to be a barista. I just want to perfect the art of making this beautiful foam on top of lattes. That just sounds really fun to me. I was really tired and burnt out and really frustrated. And it just happened coincidentally that that year, all of the culinary teachers in our region who qualify for Carl Perkins funding, it's a federal funding that we get as career and technical ed teachers, We're all going in on this grant for a set of iPads for our classroom. And I I joined, you know, I was on board with them. I thought, okay, this would be great. But in reality, I don't know that I was all that excited. I was actually really kind of scared because I thought, you know what? As frustrated as I am, I'm kind of dialed in as a teacher And I have a great workflow going and introducing these iPads to my classroom is going to totally disrupt that flow. And so I, I reluctantly, you know, joined this grant and we earned it. We were able to bring iPads into our classroom and along with those iPads came professional development money. And so I ended up, I had just a short window of time to choose where I wanted to go. 
And I chose this conference just by a random internet search called iPad Palooza in Austin, Texas. And so I went to that conference and I was just absolutely blown away. I thought, oh my goodness, where have I been that I did not know all of these amazing things were happening in education? I had no clue. And then as I was going to these sessions, the the presenters were sharing out their Twitter handles and they were sharing out resources and hashtags. And there was this, this actual contest going on where you could take your selfie and you could do the scavenger hunt and share it on Twitter. And I thought, what is this? I had no clue that Twitter was used this way for professional development. And so of course I decided, okay, I'm going to create an account. And I started lurking that summer and started to kind of play around with some of the things that I had learned. And then I saw this contest and the contest was for if you were to submit a reason why you felt like you should go to this conference called Miami Device and create some <laughs> type of a digital, re, a digital presentation and share it with the world, then they were going to select a certain amount of winners. Well, I was feeling kind of brave. I thought, oh my goodness, I just learned all this, these things and I only have probably two or three followers on Twitter. What do I have to lose? I'll just submit it and, and share it out to those two or, three two or three followers. So I shared it and I won. I won a trip to Miami <laughs> Device. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my goodness, I just had no, I didn't even have in, in my wildest dreams to think I would win. So I went to this conference called Miami Device and it was at that conference that I really learned what it meant to have a tribe. This conference was on my birthday weekend and I was all the way across the United States at this conference all by myself. And I was standing there. I was kind of on the outskirts of this. They had kind of a, a social gathering um, during the conference and I was standing there and I had met some people earlier and one of those people came up to me, and I, I think you know who this person is. It was Rodney Turner. Oh, Rodney Turner. <laughs> Te Techie Turner. <laughs> Techie Turner yeah. grabbed me by my elbow, and he says, what are you doing standing here by yourself? Come with me. I'm going to introduce you to some of my friends. Oh, and he went around, and he introduced me to all of his friends, and I started to get connected. That was an experience where I really started to find my tribe. And so I stayed connected with Rodney and a group of people that I had met at that conference. Um, we still stay connected to this day. And that was really what catapulted me into this love of tech and this, this love of being a globally connected educator. And it really started there. And the more I started leaping, I started taking risks and trying new things I started finding ways to bring these iPads into my classroom. And the more that I connected, the more that I took these leaps, the more that I grew and started to transform as an educator, and the more that that joy and passion for teaching and learning came back. And so, you know, earlier that year, here I was, an educator that was ready to leave the profession and go, you know, start making lattes, perfecting the art of making <laughs> lattes at a, at a coffee shop. And here I was, you know, 10 months later, and I had this renewed excitement and joy for teaching and learning. And so 
it's contagious, right? The more you leap, the more that you try new things, the more that you connect to people and you, you become globally connected, um, you just can't get enough. You just, it's so inspiring and invigorating. And so that really, um, is what started to change really, I don't know, change my passion because I still was very, very much passionate about culinary, but I really started to understand how learning could be transformed and how we could really reach our 21st century learners. And so I became really passionate about helping other teachers discover that too. If joy and passion could be restored for me, then I can help restore that joy and passion in other classrooms. And um, I was reluctant to take on this position as tech integration specialist, but I really wanted to amplify my impact. That was my word for 2018 was amplify. I really wanted to impact um, students beyond my own classroom. And it has been an amazing transition. I still have a hard time going back to my high school, um, especially my classroom. I have probably teared up almost every time (laughs) that I've gone back in because I adore teaching. I, I adored my students and having my own class. But it has been absolutely amazing to zoom out and to get to enter classrooms from kinder all the way through 12th grade and really support teachers and help spark the love of teaching and learning. And I tell my, I have an innovation team and I say, you know what, sometimes I just wish my title was joy specialist because that is what I want to do is I want to help bring joy into classrooms. And, um, and I do feel like I, I, you know, I'm able to help do that. And so that's super, super exciting to me. Well, we do have something in common because I mean, the whole idea of joy, I started talking about joy in the classroom, I think 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. people thought I was crazy. What are you talking about? I'm like, you can't have fun and still learn, you know? So now I'm meeting people like you. I met you on Twitter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know what I think? I actually feel like when I went to ISTE for the first time, I think it was 2016, 15 or 16. Uh And I was a part of a Voxer group with Rodney Turner put together and you were in it because I remembered you from that Voxer group. And I was just a newbie. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never been to ISTE before. And um, that was a oh really- my gosh! Yeah, I remember that, but I didn't. I can't remember because he had a lot of people in that. Yes, Vox. there was a he lot still of people like, in there. He likes Voxer, yeah. <laughs> he, he's so cute. Well, that's see you. I think teachers can really connect to you because you're you're just showing your vulnerability because it was hard for you. You were thinking of quitting, and that's where a lot of teachers are at. Sometimes mm-hmm. they they feel overwhelmed. And when someone says, oh, we want to give you iPads or we're going to give you something and go in a different direction, it kind of freaks them out. So it's kind of nice you have that story. Yeah, You can tell them. Absolutely. So you wrote this book. I did. <laughs> I did. And it's so wonderful. Thank do you, you. want, um, let's just do a little bit about it because I want people to buy it and read it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, it is called Make Learning Magical, and it is about transforming teaching and creating unforgettable experiences in your classroom. And, you know, 
It is really my story. It is really my story of how I went from this teacher that was burnt out, ready to leave education, to a teacher who just exploded with joy and excitement for teaching and learning. And so magical is um, actually an acronym. And so it, the M stands for meaningful beginnings. The A is for authenticity and agency. G is for gamified experiences. I is for innovation. C is for creativity, collaboration, and curiosity. A is for authentic audience and L is for legacy. So I break down each of those letters and just share how each of them plays a role in creating magical learning. Well, I, I did put those in, if you notice, I mean, it's going to be on the blog post that we're going to put together Awesome. because I think that people need to know, cause I do talk about agency and we talk about, you know, authentic learning and, sure. and, and all the things that you said, but you put them in a really great way. I, Thank you. It makes it really exciting. So I'm just going to mention just a few things that I, I really love is the creativity unleashed mm. because we have so many teachers that are, you know, they have to cover the curriculum. They have to meet the standards, mm-hmm. teach to the test. But if we could just say you could still meet the standards and what's on the test, if you unleash the creativity a little bit, give them more time, right? Absolutely. I have such a fun time um, in my classroom and seeing students' creativity unleashed. And one example of that is at the end of every unit that we Um, cover in my class, in my culinary two class, they have an opportunity to have a master chef challenge. And so (laughs) it's so much fun. And so let's say that we had a unit on pies and pastries. My students in this challenge would have to take one of the methods they learned. So let's say a pie crust and they would have to make that pie crust, but they would not be given a recipe. They would have to make that pie crust based on their understanding of the method of making a pie crust. But I tell them when I first say that you can just see all of the color drain from their face and they think, (laughs) Oh my goodness, you kidding me? We're not going to have a recipe. And then I say, Oh no, there's even more. Not only are you going to make this pie crust from memory, you are going to turn it into something that absolutely blows my mind and our judging panel's mind. And any color that was left in their face at this point also drains. But what (laughs) happens next is amazing. As students go into their kitchens and they collaborate with their teammates, you can see them start to just gain all of this confidence because they realize, you know what? We don't need no stinking recipe. We know how to do this. We do know how to make a pie crust. And then the wheels start turning And as they're talking and collaborating and they're sharing their ideas, these pie crusts turn into these amazing works of art. And it's incredible to see. And the things that those students come up with, I would have never thought of. They're absolutely amazing. And then to make it even better, they are presenting these works of art in front of an authentic audience. And so I will send out invitations to our staff. I send out invitations to our district office, even restaurant owners and food truck owners in our Valley. And they come in and they sit in a judging panel. And one by one, my students come up and they present 
their dishes. Our authentic audience have a rubric of some of the key um, taste, texture, and appearance, the things that we've covered in class. And these students glow when they are sharing what they created in front of this judging panel, people that they respect, either other teachers or administrators, or maybe people that they know in their community, they shine because they're so proud of what we, what they have created. And that is immersive, empowered learning. And it is the most amazing thing as a teacher to see students empowered in that way. And I, I probably have shed more tears during those challenges, like trying to brush them because I'm just so proud of them. They just amaze me. And that is, I think, the beauty of creativity. Students sometimes amaze themselves. They don't even realize that they have that in them. But it's, it's truly remarkable what students are capable of if we give them the opportunity. Well, the idea that they have to, do they work together or do they work alone? For this challenge, they work together. Oh, I just can, I can just uh, hear them buzzing and talking to each other and playing. I mean, they probably even made some mistakes and had to start over, right? Oh, absolutely. They're trying to troubleshoot and think about the timing and they might have this great idea, but then they realize, oh, we're not going to have that much time to bake it. So they're having to think through and problem solve all of these things. And it's really incredible to see you know, their wheels in action and, and get to hear the conversations and, and students will go above and beyond in these experiences. I mean, they'll come in early to class. They'll stay in all of lunch. I mean, they really are invested. They own their learning, which is really, really special to be a part mm-hmm. of. So, I mean, you're giving them the choice to how they want to do it. You're giving them their own voice because then they can work in the group and then they do own it. And the whole thing on agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you've done there that's challenge is kind of put it put it in their laps and they're taking it. Yeah. I just, I think we can, I mean, we just need more of that. So these are great. That's a great example. Thank especially you. with food. Yeah. I can't, I, I make the worst pie crust. I should come and have <laughs> the kids teach me how to do it. So um, one more. Mm-hmm. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm. Is that for the teachers or the kids, that idea that was in your book? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I have learned, I have grown so much from stepping out of my comfort zone. I cannot even tell you. Um, that first leap, really, when I when I sent out um, that submission for that contest to go to Miami Device, that was really one of the very first leaps that I took. And that led to an amazing opportunity that led to another amazing opportunity. And each of those leaps were scary. They really were. But when I think about each one of them and how much I've grown because of them and all the opportunities that have come my way because of them, oh my goodness, I just, it, it, it just makes me emotional to even think about it. And there were a lot of fails. There was a lot of times that I tried something and I fell flat on my face. But what I started to discover was that I needed to model this to my students. I need to needed to model what risk-taking looked like. And I 
used to be a teacher that wanted everything tied in this beautiful bow before I launched. And I wanted to know everything about it before I would bring it into my classroom. I would want to have all the kinks worked out. And then what I discovered was that, you know what, I want to learn along with my kids. And so I would learn something new and I maybe wouldn't know a ton about it or I wouldn't have all the kinks worked out, but I would just bring it to class. And I'd say, students, we're going to try something new today and let's learn together. And they appreciated it because they were part of the experience with me. And I just started realizing, you know, if I wait for everything to be perfect, I'm never going to launch anything. And to model what that looks like for kids and to, when things don't go right, to have them help and problem solve with you, it's really, really powerful. And I think the more that I began to do that in my class myself, the more my students were taking risks as well. It's really, really important that we do that. You know, it's amazing because it wasn't that long ago, 2014, where you were considered, you know, leaving. So when you look back at yourself at that time, like four years, almost five years ago, what would you tell your, I mean, wouldn't it have been nice to see that if you had done these things that would have helped you then? I mean, you didn't know until you went through all these experiences yourself, right? Right, right. Well, that whole idea is, is I think the kids want to know that you're not perfect. Yes. That's the thing that's the hardest for teachers is that, especially teachers that have worked a long time, they feel that if they've been doing it for so long and it works for some, most of my kids, mm -hmm. Even if I'm not happy, it's for the kids, but they're not thinking about what it's doing for the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, back in 2014, I was dialed in. Like, I, I don't think I was a bad teacher. I was, but I was going through the motions. I was status quo. I wasn't growing. I wasn't trying new things. And I don't think my students were having a horrible experience, but I was not um, making learning magical for my students. I was not doing all that was possible to create these joyful learning experiences. I don't think that joy and passion was filling my classroom. And I think that it's important to understand that when we can, when we can bring joy and passion into our teaching, when we get excited about teaching and learning and we are continually growing and learning, then students pick up on that. They can sense it right away and it becomes contagious and they become joyful and passionate about learning along with us. And so I, I would just say to all of the teachers that are, that are really struggling right now or really kind of feel like they're stuck in a rut or maybe possibly thinking that they're going to leave the profession, that it doesn't matter how long you've been in education, you can always bring joy and passion into teaching and learning and you can transform your classroom. It can happen in any subject area, any, con any grade level. And I would just say start start trying new things, get connected. There are amazing communities of educators out there on Twitter, on Voxer. Um, I'm starting to discover Facebook pages. I just joined a family and consumer science page and a pro start culinary page and connecting with amazing educators there. The, it, the possibilities are endless. And I think that was another thing that 
I didn't know back in 2014 was that I can connect with educators of all grade levels and subject areas. I was living in a culinary silo and I thought if if, if a teacher is not handing their student a chef's knife, they're not going to get me. They're not going to understand what I do. But I started to really connect with educators on Twitter and through Voxer and started realizing these amazing things that teachers are doing in their classroom. It doesn't matter if it's in third grade, if it's in high school or higher ed, I can take some of those ideas and I can make them my own and bring them into my classroom. I can learn from everyone, coaches, administrators. And so I think um, when we do that, when we truly open up our minds and really start to connect on a global scale, uh, our perspective on education changes and um, the learning is just, is nonstop. I have, I'm sitting here writing down I said, I'm going to use this quote. No, I'm going to use this quote. No, <laughs> she, everything you said is just so beautiful. A good way to pull this all together. And um, I, I've just so enjoyed this because you know where I am. I I love Twitter. I love the people I meet. I've learned every day is a learning experience. And I was just so excited that you wanted to have this conversation with me. And I knew it was going to be wonderful. I just knew it. Oh, I was so excited to chat with you too. It's been amazing. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Definitely going to need to get that cup of coffee somewhere. We're going to have to meet somewhere. (laughs) Okay, we will. Oh, thank you so much for being here tonight with me. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Truly honored. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Tisha Richmond. Look for a complimentary blog post about Tisha, where we pull together resources, links, the pictures, videos, and more for you. So please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and we'd love a review. You can also subscribe to my website at barbabray.net, and then you'll receive announcements and updates so you don't miss any of the conversations.